Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Hello, beautiful people. It is Thursday, October 28th, 2021. This is, we still don't have a name for this, Bets Thursday. We're going Bets Thursday. The the good people of the internet has not helped us out at all whenever it comes to finding a new name. No, like zero help whatsoever. We're out here trying to do this on our own. We have a million other things to do, people, including creating risk-free or not risk-free, same-day four-leg parlays for you that are going to hit, picking the Steelers games. We're on hot street right now, and nobody wants to come up with anything whatsoever. That's all right. This is all Steelers talk. Like I said, it is Thursday, October 28th. I'm your host, Nostrap. I'm joined every Tuesday and Thursday by Donnie Droon. Donnie, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, ready to lose some money this weekend. <laughs> I have to tell you, I've been on a, I have been on a hot streak. I'm saying, I'm thinking three, four weeks in a row now. I have hit all my same day parlays. It's been uh, pretty fantastic. I was actually at Lake Erie this past weekend celebrating my girlfriend's birthday, and the middle of a wine tour, I just like screamed, and I was just like, everybody looked at me, and I was like. The Rams won. Let's go. My parlay oh, hit. It was man. fantastic. A couple of bucks. Let's just say I bought a couple of glasses of wine for yeah, everybody. Cheese, cheese and wine for all the good people. Please, I was there. like, give me your finest crackers right now. <laughs> it worked. It was beautiful. The Pittsburgh Steelers are dealing with a lot, though. We are inching closer and closer to the November 2nd uh, trade deadline. And until today, it was a quiet Quiet time surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers. As of today, NFL Network is reporting that Melvin Ingram, offseason signing, one-year, $4 million, three-time Pro Bowler, is seeking a trade from the from the Pittsburgh Steelers he wants out of Pittsburgh. Apparently, the Kansas City Chiefs called, and the Steelers were like, nope, not happening. We're not sending him anywhere in the AFC. Obviously, they know how good he is. He's played well this season, but just 26% of the snaps in his last game. What's going on here? Do you think that the Steelers will really trade Melvin Ingram? Can I just say that this doesn't surprise me? Like it, it should, but it doesn't because I, I, I guess we'll start from like a player's perspective. He had to know he was going to start over Highsmith, right? Like I he, would, he yeah. would have had to know he would have been that third rotational wheel behind Alex Highsmith. And granted, you know, I feel like Highsmith has played pretty well this season. And obviously you have J.J. Watt on the other side of the football. So the, the opportunities for Melvin Ingram to get on the field, probably not as bountiful as it could have been in other areas. But this doesn't surprise me because the Steelers organization, kind of known for telling free agents and even some of their older guys, hey, this is going to happen and doesn't exactly pan out. The first thing that came to mind whenever I saw the Melvin Ingram report James Harrison, back whenever T.J. Watt was a rookie, they re-signed yeah. Harrison, and they told him he was going to have a bigger role than it was. Obviously, if T.J. Watt comes into the picture, it starts kicking ass from day one, and then James Harrison's like, yo, like I'm, I'm not playing anything close to what you guys were telling me to do. Release me right now. He gets released, he goes to the Patriots, and ends up playing in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it, that was the very first thing that came to mind, so I'm not really surprised at all it's still a lot of the same people in that building from back whenever it happened to james harrison i'm sure it's happened to other veterans as well Um, do you think that it's just a 
bit of a drop off like just the last couple of weeks i mean it, at the beginning of the year melvin ingram was playing pretty much consistent with everybody else but tj watt is on an absolute tear this season no surprise and alex highsmith is starting to play well they want him to finally click and he played 100 percent of the snaps in week six but he did finally finally click he had a sack i think a sack and a half is it just a matter of okay well look at man we just needed to take a break so that our guys here for the future can actually do something or do you think that this is just it moving forward do you think melvin ingram is now just a backup piece so it i think for the meantime he's going to be a backup piece i'm looking at his snap logs right now the first three weeks of the season he played in no less than 64 percent of defensive snaps during the last three weeks before the Steelers bye week the highest he's played is 60. so yep. i mean cer- certainly a drop off between the amount that he's played in the last few weeks, but granted, like you, you, you have to know you're not going to be a starter. Like, oh, it, yeah, like yeah. either, either the Steelers drastically lied to this man and was like, "Yo, we're not sure on, on Alex Highsmith. We want you to come in and compete right away," or this man assumed he was just going to be playing more and thought he could beat out a second year Alex Highsmith, which clearly hasn't happened. I agree with both of those things. I don't know what side happened, but I think one of them did. I think that it could also come down to the Steelers said, hey, we're going to involve all three of you guys. And the first couple of weeks that worked out and then they were like, "Okay, well, look at Chris Wormley's playing real well. Why would we take him off the field to put you on there? I mean, teams are figuring this out. Robert Spillane's playing well and whatever that torch defense thing is. I don't know. I think it's a lot of. He he. I also think that it's him coming into the season with lower expectations for himself than he has right now. I think four or six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, eight weeks ago, he was just a guy who was like, okay, I have to regain my career. And in six weeks, they were just like, okay, this guy's a stud again, and now people want him. I, I don't know. He's 32 years old. What, what could you even get for a Melvin Ingram right now? And see, that's what I'm thinking. I think maybe best case scenario, you try to recoup that fifth round pick you lost in the Akilah Witherspoon trade. Um, horrible trade, by the way. I mean, just absolutely. Yeah, I mean, looking back at it. I mean, did you hear what what uh, Terrell Austin's had to say about it? It was just like, yeah, you can't you can't get a helmet if you don't play special teams. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that is very true. Very true. Akilah Witherspoon, wasted space. I mean, but shout out Jose Sanchez who came on here the day after it happened and was just like, yeah, he is terrible. We're like, okay, cool, cool. Good old uh, Aquilo. I mean, Akello. Shout out to Jose. Um, fifth round pick could work. Arizona Cardinals have been named a uh, potential landing spot. What do you What do you know out there in the big uh, AR, AZ? What's the abbreviation there? Uh, sometimes it's AZ. Sometimes it's ARI. Sometimes it's ARZ. I think it depends on who is writing it. I think AZ is just the actual. Uh, okay. So not AR at all. I was totally wrong, but well, if it's AR, does it make sense? So like it does, but it really doesn't at the same time because the team had just lost JJ Watt. I mean, just yesterday they announced he's going to have to have like 40 different things done to his shoulder. So that, that means going to be out for a while. And obviously the Cardinals defense is going to want to try to pick up where they left off. Um, they played tonight in Thursday night football versus Green Bay Packers. We'll see how that turns out. I, I don't know because like I I don't see Melvin Ingram as like a very very solid every down hand in the dirt defensive end like I, I think he's much better operating as like a stand up pass rusher that's just me the Cardinals already have two very good stand up pass rushers in Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden I don't think they really need another one I don't see Steve Kime 
wasting draft capital and other salary cap stuff to bring Ingram in if they're not going to put him in J.J. Watt's place. Um, and also the, the cap space is a little bit tight as well. They had to move some stuff around whenever they traded for Zach Ertz a couple weeks ago. Sorry, last week, excuse me. Um, so they had to make some moves to even get within cap compliance. So I, I'm not even sure how that would look from a logistics standpoint. So I, I would say, honestly, I really wouldn't expect him to come to Arizona. Okay, so Arizona scratch. That's what a Didi King Kabbalah tossed out there. I mean, it does with the J.J. Watt news. Everybody immediately thinks they got to replace that. J.J. Watt's a huge loss. We were saying before the show that the dude's definitely coming back. Like, there's no way J.J. Watt doesn't play again this season. I don't care how many surgeries he has. It's J.J. Watt, and especially if they go to the playoffs. If, if he comes back with, like, a bionic arm, I'm not going to be surprised at all. No, he already wears that giant thing. He's just going to come out like a full cast. Nobody cares at all. It's J.J. Watt. He's fantastic. There's one more part of this Melvin Ingram thing that I wanted to talk about, and I, I, I don't want to compare Taco Charlton to Melvin Ingram, and I understand that's a little disrespectful because Taco Charlton isn't – at this point, he's not even like a uh, hopeful guy. It's just like, yeah, he was a he's 2017 – yeah, first-round pick. He's now 27 years old, but he is on the practice squad. He, he, he has NFL experience, starting experience. I wouldn't say he's been good. Is it something that the Steelers could consider? Like, hey, 26% of the snaps is not really a lot of snaps. Taco Charlton could probably fill in there, and, and it's not like – honestly, Melvin Ingram has one sack on the season. It, I get that he has a lot of pressures. I get that he can move around and he can play that third linebacker, even with all three of them on the field, and that's why I don't want to compare him and Taco Charlton. But Taco could probably fill some role if he's gone. Am I, am I wrong there? I mean, no, he, he definitely fills some role. I think the concern is the uh, the depth. I mean, people really liked Melvin Ingram coming to Pittsburgh because of the the depth that he provided. Whenever J.J. Watt was out, it's like, okay, well, good thing we signed Ingram, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, good thing we already had that guy loaded. And like you obviously said, there's certain like sub packages you can roll him into. I don't think the I don't think the Steelers are worried about losing Melvin Ingram. I, I don't think they're kind of like ripping up papers and trying to find, you know, like different ways to fit the pieces of the puzzle together. I don't think that's happening, but I don't think they're keen on losing him either. It's just because depth, like, you know, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get banged up. You want veteran talented pass rushing guys like Melvin Ingram. You can never have enough of those guys, especially down the, the stretch of the season where you're trying to make the playoffs. And even if you do get into the postseason, you're going to need every ounce of help you can get. So I, I don't think, Ingram moving off of the team would exactly be in their favor. But at the same time, like, I mean, if he's not happy here, you don't want a disgruntled player. You know, you don't want yeah. somebody who doesn't want to be here. You know, like Mike Tomlin said either last year or the year before, you know, we want volunteers, not hostages, right? Oh, I yes. Mean, that it, was the AB year, the Le'Veon yeah. Bell year. And that's, it's true. I mean, but I don't look at, I don't see Melvin Ingram being the guy that's going to come out here and make a big fuss about anything. He has been limited in practice the last two days. I think that if he balls out this weekend, there's a possibility that somebody gives up something that you're just like, okay, yeah, we'll take that. Sounds good. You know, the third round pick starts getting coughed up, maybe a fourth and something else. I just think that there's trade value in Melvin Ingram, maybe not great trade value. And if this guy's just nagging you, hey, please get rid of me. I only have two or three good years left. I'd like to go play a bigger role somewhere, maybe compete for an actual championship. Maybe he's not thinking the Steelers are the team this year. I don't know. There's a lot going on there. It, it is a story that popped up out of nowhere, a little surprising, but if Melvin Ingram gets moved, he gets moved, and we'll have to talk about that when it happens. 
What I also want to talk about, the Steelers have talked all week and all week long. Everyone continues to ask, is last year's playoff loss mean anything to you? Are you using it as motivation? Did you wish that things turned out better? It, even, I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody was asked, how big of, of a gut-wrenching moment was it to watch Marquise Pouncey and Ben sit on the, the bench after the game with their head down? And nobody's, not one person, not one of them was like, yeah, no, definitely motivation. Outside of Eric Ebron. Besides Eric Ebron, everybody's like, no, nah, you know, I haven't really thought about it at all. Actually, I could care less that we lost in the playoffs at home last year in an absolutely embarrassing way to Cleveland Browns fans. That was Christmas. That was the resurrection of Christ. It was the most liberating moment in team history to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was like, yeah, whatever, man. We lost to the Cleveland Browns. We probably weren't going to win the Super Bowl anyways. Is it concerning? Is it? Are you just like, yeah, I, I don't care either? I'm not buying it. You're not I'm, buying it. That I'm, was I'm, not I'm, what I was I'm not, I'm not buying that they're not thinking about this game. I mean, it, it, it's human nature. I, I know it's in the back of their head. I, that, oh, yeah. as, as, a, as a man who's played football, I, I promise you a loss like that would be circled on my calendar. It's just waiting to get back at those guys. I promise you. Whatever, whatever they're telling you guys in the media room, whatever they're looking into cameras and telling you know fans across the world, it's a lie. I, I, I guarantee you they're not going to say it publicly, but like that's it, got to be something within the locker room. Maybe it's – I haven't even thought about that. Maybe it is. No, because it's, it, it's taking the high road. It's, you know, taking yeah. the pressure off of the game. Hey, you know, one week at a time. Uh, you know, the, the whole, like, nameless faces thing Tommen likes to throw out. Hey, you know, it, we're just focused on this week. Just so happens to be the Cleveland Browns and blah, 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 blah. Whatever. You know Mike Tomlin. Yep. You know those characters on, on the team. A yep. lot of them played in that playoff game last year. This True. means something. This means something. And, and the only reason they're not saying anything is because they don't want to stir the pot. I was just going to say that. I don't think that they want another the Browns is the Browns moment. I, I just don't think that they want any of that. I think even Chase Claypool was just like – somebody asked him if, like, Cleveland Browns fans are constantly in his DMs. And he's just like, yeah, you know, all the fans are. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I know for – I know Cleveland Browns fans are in your DMs because they're in my DMs. And I mean way less than you do. So even he was calm, cool, collected. It seems everybody else is, but I can see that. I can see them in the locker room, just like with Baker's face, like our Miles Garrett's face, just like on the wall. And then just everybody's just staring at it every single day. The Browns is the Browns. On the same hand, do you think that the Cleveland Browns are coming in here? Like, I mean, that's got to be a little bit extra juice to say, this wasn't a fluke, man. You guys can say whatever you want. That was supposed to happen because we're back. Well, here's the thing. If you come out and you're like, yeah, like we're, we're really looking to, you know, avenge that playoff loss. Like, I think we're ready, like blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now you're just giving them juice. Right. Cause like as yeah. a competitor, you already beat these guys once. And these guys are like, yeah, we're ready. It's like, oh, you, you really think you're ready? Like you, you think you can beat us again? Okay. Like we'll we're playing at home. You're, you're coming to the dog pound. All right. Run it. You know, so it, it's just, it, it's just trying to like, keep everything on a level playing field and just trying to like focus on X's and O's and uh, trying to keep things simple. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's an AFC North rivalry game. It's a very big game upcoming this week. You know, these two teams obviously don't like each other. Their fan bases don't like each other. It's a big game, you know? So obviously I, I think they're just doing their best to play damage control, which by the way, PR department's got to love that. 
Oh my gosh, yeah, loves it, loves it. If Melvin Ingram didn't make a trade request this week, or maybe not a trade request, but if he wasn't like, hey, I want to get out of here, please ship me somewhere else by November 2nd, it would be the most boring week of all time. Like Cam Hayward was like the thing I liked the most about the Browns rivalry was that it's close. And I was just like, this is where we're at right now, huh? The bye week just killed us all. This is what we're doing. It's It's been a terrible week for the media. Outside of Tomlin, like, losing his mind, which we talked about on Tuesday. And then yeah, yeah. that was it, though, because there was nothing after that. It was nothing. There was no repercussions of Mike Tomlin's words. It was, this is the greatest moment in coaching press conference history. It's over. It's, it, worked perf- it worked perfectly. It was exactly what he wanted. Outside of that terrible week, I do agree with you with all the motivation. Let me tell you this. I went to Cleveland uh, last week, and I think I brought this up on Tuesday, but I hated how nice Cleveland Browns fans were. Hated them. and But I did like the dog pound. I did like how they all had little, like, necklaces with dog bones on them. They were just handing them out everywhere. I did like, you know, how everybody did the, like, everybody was chanting. I will say that they're, like, big – screens there whatever the monitors whatever the jumbo were constantly going constantly going there was always a motivational video on there like literally every second of the game it was crazy it was the same one on loop but it worked so and i don't know it's it's a big game for both sides i think it's going to be absolutely nuts there i do agree i think that you have to use this for motivation i think that if you're the pittsburgh steelers or if you're the cleveland browns you're looking at this going Last year was exactly or not exactly how we expected it to go. Let's show them who's boss. Let's show them who really is still in the AFC North because the loser of this one is going to be looked at as the new Cincinnati Bengals. That's rough. That's a rough, rough place (laughs) to be. That's terrible. Like, nobody's brought that up one time. Like, the loser of this game is the bottom of the AFC North and literally looked at as just a waste of space for the next couple of games until their next – AFC North battle. It's not a good place to be. It's really not. Which will bring us to our still nameless because no one wants to name it at all. Week eight bets. The Pittsburgh Steelers are three and a half point dogs in the dog pound at First Energy Stadium on the lake. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. Ben Roethlisberger is looking. We still don't know who the Cleveland Browns quarterback is and maybe that makes a huge difference. Maybe it does not. What are your thoughts on this game? What are your thoughts on this three and a half point line? Yeah. Uh, I I think odds makers believe Baker Mayfield's going to play if that line is plus three and a half for the Steelers. And granted, um, typically you'll see three points given to the home team, um, like historically, but I think like more modern, that's dropped to maybe like two, two and a half around there. So Regardless, I still think it's expected to be a tight game. I think if it was confirmed that Case Keenum was playing, it might be a little bit different. You might see Steelers plus one or maybe just like a, a pick em game per se. I don't know. For, for whatever reason, I, I like the Steelers in this one. You know, I, like, know I, right? I really don't. I don't think the Browns right now are a very good football team with Baker's shoulder or with Case Keenum playing a quarterback especially with either Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Now, I, I get it. Jarius Johnson ran for 100 yards versus the Broncos defense. Steelers don't have the Broncos defense. You know, exactly. They're, they're, and Nick Chubb is back. Granted, right? Nick Chubb will play, which is big. Yeah, yeah, very big. But, I mean, it, there's still questions along the offensive line, you know, still the 
myriad of other injuries the Browns have had to deal with. Granted, they, they have had a little bit of extra rest following that Thursday night game they played last week. But at the end of the day, you know, everybody's banged up. Like I said, it's going to come down to talent. And I, I just think the Steelers are the more talented team at this moment in time. Right now for this week with all of the chess pieces that they have or, you know, may not have. I, I, I like the Steelers. I, I at least like the Steelers plus three and a half. I agree. I agree. I think for some, there's just this weird feeling like, yeah. look, at the Denver Broncos were not good. They are a very bad football team. The Cleveland Browns almost lost. We talked about that on Tuesday. The Cleveland Browns almost lost. People seem to overlook that. The Steelers are on a two-game winning streak. Take that as you will. It's still a two-game winning streak. This is for the bottom of the AFC North. And I do not care if history is changing and the Cleveland Browns are coming back and Kevin Stefanski and it's a new dog pound, Baker Mayfield, blah, blah, blah. In moments like this, I'm putting Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers way above the Cleveland Browns every single time. I don't even think that's a biased choice. I think that's just what history has taught me time and time again. If Baker plays, I think that that might worry me some, and I do expect him to play. But, like, Baker's got to be 100%. He's not going to be 100%. And yeah, there's no he's way. He's not going to be 100%. No, there's no way that the Steelers don't get to him at least at least once. And that's not going to be fun. You could say whatever you want, but – Keith Butler loves to shut down running backs, and there's nothing that will put a bigger smile on that man's face than shutting down Nick Chubb. And Dearness Johnson, after the biggest game that maybe made him a top 10 running back in a lot of people's eyes out of nowhere. Three and a half is an easy bet. I, I'm easily taking the three and a half. I think I'm also easily taking this next one. It's an over under 42 and a half. And I think I'm not an over guy, but in this one, I think that I think that there's a chance. Is it 42 and a half? 42 and a half. I, I think that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It just feels like 20, 22 points each is that's easy. Yeah. That's easy. And even that, like, let's say the, the Steelers get to like 24 or the Browns get to 24. The other team really needs to get to 20 as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And I even, it doesn't matter what, what <clears throat> quarterback's playing, I think that both of them can put up points for Cleveland. I de- I think the only way the Steelers win this game is if they put up points, but I do expect Najee Harris to have a good game. I think Anthony McFarland is going to get involved some. I think that offensive line is finally starting to click. I mean, the Steelers went over what the last two weeks. That's a good pick. I think that's a good, I think that's a good line to, to draw from. I don't know if it'll go up if Baker's announced or not announced, but 42 and a half is a good number. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I would really like to see the the numbers, or not even the numbers, just like who's playing on the the Cleveland offensive side of the ball. Because twenty points is a lot, it, like especially with like with the Steelers defense and like with Case Keenum, like that's a lot for them to go through. The Steelers have not all the Steelers wins come from holding them from less than twenty points. Yeah, that is a number. To, but do you think that they could get? I think that they could put up twenty four to twenty eight points. I think that could happen. I, do, I, I will say coming off a of bye week, if, if everybody's rolling like they should, they absolutely should be able to put up yeah. around 24. On, on the road, yeah. this is not a game that the Steelers lose. There's a lot of games that you look at. The Seattle Seahawks is our prime example of that one. That you're looking at it and you're like, the Steelers should definitely lose this game. Like if I know who the Pittsburgh Steelers are, and I do know who the Pittsburgh Steelers are, they're going to lose this game. They pulled that one out barely, and we all saw it. 
but it didn't worry anybody because they were supposed to lose that game. This game is a game where you look at it and you're like, this is one the Steelers win. And usually they win in defining fashion. So I, I think 42 and a half, I'm going to take the over. Are you taking the over or the under? I'll, I'll, I'll take the over. Taking the over. Not All right, hammered in three and a half, 42 and a half over. Feeling good. We added a little bit to this one. We figured, you know, the Steelers bets are fine, whatever. But, you know, nobody's putting a bunch of money on a three-and-a-half point, 42-and-a-half team who's three-and-three three fighting to beat the not-Cincinnati Bengals. So we said, hey, let's add a little bit of juice here. Let's add a little bit of extra spark here. Yeah. And we came through with a four-leg parlay for you on the SI Sportsbook, our lovely sportsbook over at sportsillustrated.com, si.com. A four-leg parlay for you this weekend to toss in there, hopefully win a couple of bucks. Hopefully take a couple of bucks away from the SI Sportsbook, which we would love to do. We got a strong Cincinnati Bengals team coming in here smoking, smoking the Baltimore Ravens in week seven. It was not even close. I, I took the over-under or the over on that uh, – uh, on the, I think it was like 49 points or something. And I was like, man, this worries me a little bit. Check the scores 41 to 17 or something. I was like, this is fantastic. Shout out Joey B playing well. Zach, uh, Zach Taylor coaching. Well, it's a good team. We got the Buffalo bills smoking the Miami dolphins money line. That's an easy one. That's Tua, Deshaun Watson. I don't care who it is. Buffalo bills. There's no way they're losing. No way. And the Miami Dolphins can't even beat the Atlanta Falcons. Not happening. The under of 44 on the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Seattle Seahawks. Still no Russell Wilson. It is a Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith battle right now. I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that the Seahawks were talking to Cam Newton, but then they were like, no, we shouldn't bring him in because Russell's going to come back. That'll stir up some, some weird drama, maybe. Am I right there? I mean, I feel like it would, but I, I haven't heard anything about them signing Cam Newton. I feel like Cam Newton wants to like go to a team like start out for the rest of the year, but I don't think he's exactly in the best position to, you know, at this moment in time. Yeah, I don't know who you're going. I mean, if yeah. Tyler Hinky is the guy for the Washington football team, there's not really many spots left. Dude, I, I, I think he's really banking on like somebody getting like a long-term injury a little bit later in the year, and like it's a team that probably could make the playoffs, and then he just kind of jumps on a ship and goes from there. Maybe, maybe. Always a possibility. Teams have good backup quarterbacks these days. The Steel if Ben Roethlisberger went down, the Steelers are not going to sign Cam Newton. Although we'd get nine million stories about it. No doubt about that one. And to end this four-leg same day parlay, the Dallas Cowboys negative one point favorites over the Minnesota Vikings. That leaves you with a solid plus 379 odds. We understand, you know, you got to put a little bit of money down to make a little bit of money. But when the bets are this clean and when you're feeling this confident about it, there's not really a, a bunch that you can do to feel bad about it. Explain your thoughts. on. I also have to say that uh, Donnie came up with pretty much all this. So uh, if it's wrong. Yeah, yeah no, I'll take it. If it's wrong, blame me. I'm just looking at the odds right now. What is it? Plus 379. So a $50 bet will net you 190 if my math is anywhere close to being right. Um, I feel like with the, like those bigger parlays, oh, well, perfect. Two thirty nine, <clears throat> two thirty nine on a fifty dollar bet. That's a nice day. That is a nice day. 
Very nice too. Uh, I feel like with the like the big parlays, a lot of people like to do. Um, I try to keep them within like three to four legs, just to kind of um, minimize the risk, if that's even a thing with parlays. Yeah. So money line, I really like uh, with the Bills and then the Bengals, obviously, especially with Zach Wilson not playing for the Jets this week. Uh, fully expect the Bengals just throttle those guys. Oh, Cowboys minus we're one. We're talking about how that's a that's a trap game. This it's not. The Jets are never a trap game. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys minus one. I, I really like that a lot. I mean, obviously, it's basically them just winning by one point. But if for whatever reason a really strong Minnesota Vikings team shows up and they end up winning twenty-one to twenty, that bet still pushes at worst. Um, and then you already kind of talked about the under 44 for the Jaguars and the Seahawks. It's a Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith game. That under could be like 30 and I probably still would take that number. I'm just not confident in either of those offenses getting rolling at all. So nice little four leg parlay here. Nothing too crazy to start it out. And I guess we can kind of change and adjust as we go throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, we start here and, you know, in a couple of episodes after we get the little kinks out. But I do think that week eight is a great week to start winning bets. I started winning bets in week six. I felt fantastic about it. We're going through and we're going to keep it rolling. I, I think this is a good good little plus 379 parlay, four legs, easy money, in my opinion, easy money. We'll see what happens. Before we head out of here, it was at one time the worst part of the show. Then it bounced back to the best part of the show. Now it's it's still it's a fun part of the show how we end every Thursday here. We're going to make our predictions for the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns, 1 o'clock on Halloween, spooky season. Boo, what are you going for as Halloween? Are you going, are you going out? Are you doing some trick-or-treating? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going as a dude who's got to write about football on Sunday. So. Nice. Me too. Me too. I will be <laughs> handing out candy, though. So I, I love handing out candy. I won't lie to you. Um, Steelers, three-and-a-half-point dogs. Case Keenum or Baker Mayfield likely going to be making it. Baker Mayfield, excuse me, at First Energy Stadium in the dog pound. Who do you got? What's your prediction? I'll take the Steelers 20. I'll take them 24, 24, 13, 24, 24, 13. Doesn't that doesn't hit the the over. (laughs) So I'm going to be right either way. I'm hedging my bet. All righty, all righty. 24-13 Steelers. I kind of feel the same way. Like I said, this just feels like that time of game. It feels like the type of game that the Steelers will win. Not that they should win because they usually lose the games that they should win. It feels like one that they will win. This is not the new Cincinnati Bengals. I could see the Cleveland Browns being the new Cincinnati Bengals, and I feel like a lot of people are going to be upset about that one. I think the Steelers walk in here. I think they do win. I think they do cover the over for us. 28-17. to that would give us our money. That would that would hit the yep. bet. I think Ben has a game. I think Ben kind of just says, yo, look, guys, we're not dead yet. This season's still alive. Needed the bye week to heal a little bit, and I expect Najee to go off. 28-17, feeling real good about it. Real good about it. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. We're your favorite podcast host, at Nostrack, at Donnie Droon. We will be back. Next week, me and Derek Bell will be back tomorrow for Fridays with Derek the Kid. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, and we will see you tomorrow.